This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah! 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 God is good all the time! All the time! God is good! Let's pray. Hey, first of all, I want to welcome San Antonio. Come on, family. Welcome, San Antonio. So happy to have you, San Antonio. So happy to have you, Cape Town. We love you, Cape Town. We're so glad that you're with us uh, this evening. We know that God has a special word for you. So open your hearts. Have a heart of expectation. See what God is going to do. Let's remain standing as we pray. Father, we come into your presence, dear sir, to praise and to worship and to adore you. We say this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, we are so grateful and so thankful for giving us Jesus. We're so grateful for our salvation. We're so grateful for the precious Holy Spirit that rise up big within me now. I thank you, precious Holy Spirit, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay. And I declare that I'm a servant ready to be used by the Master. I thank you that I'll speak your word fearlessly, boldly, accurately, carried by the wind of the Spirit. And I thank you, Father, your word will find a resting place in the hearts of and lives of your men and women. And I thank you, Father, we are Christian Family Church, we're not only hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word, and therefore we have great success in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. So, the title of my message tonight is Deal with the Devil. Say, I must deal with the devil. I'm going to tell you a story tonight. So I want you to lean in. You know, my grandchildren always say, Nana, tell us a story before we go to bed. But I'm going to tell you a story tonight. So I want you to lean in and listen. There's a gentleman by the name of uh, John Ramirez. He grew up in the Bronx where his father and his relatives practiced Santeria. Now, San Antonio, you know more about Santeria than the uh, folks here in Johannesburg or even in Cape Town. But it is a, a religion that really developed in Cuba in the late 19th century. And it's steeped in spiritualism, witchcraft. Actually, it's just plain Satanism. But his family was steeped in witches and warlocks. And John longed for a relationship with his father. But his father was abusive, used to beat up his mother and showed no love and compassion to his brothers. So under the influence of his aunt Maria, his mother took him to a tarot card reading. And the witch who was doing the tarot card reading told him that if he didn't do a demonic cleansing within the next 30 days that he would go blind. So a week later, he was initiated into witchcraft and Satanism. And from that very moment on, his personality changed. He was not the same. Now, not only did he have to answer to his mother, but now he had to answer to Satan and demons. He was mentored. He was discipled. He was taught. He was trained by highly ranked devil worshippers into spiritualism. People began to understand that he was a force to reckon with. In fact, he could cast spells on people and even could curse them to death. That's the kind of power he had. When he was 13 years of age, his father was murdered in a bar, and he was so happy because he thought now at least his mother would be free from being beaten up by his father. So the devil told him, said, John, 
Now your father is gone. I am your father. And he said, but you can ask me anything you want, John, and I will give it to you. And so John became devoted to the devil. He loved the devil. He performed many rituals. He would wait in his, his home until the atmosphere shifted. He would realize the demons are there. Then, then he would talk to the demons just as if he was having a, a, a coffee with his family. And then they would talk to him and tell him about the assignments that he had to uh, perform. So what was his uh, assignments? Well, first of all, he had to uh, target Christians. That was his number one assignment. He had to target Christians. But you know what? He said he went and targeted easy prey Christians. So he's now highly ranked in the demon world. He's been trained to be mentored by highly ranked Satanists on how to target easy Christians. So, you know, we would find the easy Christians that he could uh, prey upon. Nightclubs, bars, raves, parties, anywhere we should not be. This is what he said. He said, if you go to bars, nightclubs, parties, you're playing in the devil's playground and you're easy prey. So he says this, he says, casual Christians become casualties. Casual Christians become casualties. And so I looked up in the Oxford Dictionary, what is casual? Casual uh, defined as relaxed, unconcerned, not regular, not permanent, temporary, part-time, or occasional. So a casual Christian describes the individual who treats their Christian faith with superficial commitment. They attend church, you know, when they feel like it, sporadically, because and due to their casual approach to the Lord, often they stagnate in their spiritual journey. They don't grow. They don't go to growth track. They don't become a part of the dreamy team as they certainly don't go to a group or get involved in church life. They become Christian casualties. They hardly read or pray. Uh, and they don't get involved in church. And so no wonder they become casualties. But listen to this family. John went to the demonic church which started at 7 p.m. at night. But guess what time it ended? 5 a.m. in the morning. And how many churches know that if you run late, the people want to get up and leave? So I wonder how devoted we are to the commitment of Jesus Christ. As he went up the ranks, he was given different assignments. So at night, he would leave his body, and he would astral travel, which you know is completely what people do. They can do it. They fly, and he, fly, he used to fly to different regions. He was assigned to specific neighborhoods. And when he flew at night to specific neighborhoods, he would release spirits of murder, spirits of poverty, Spirit of suicide, spirits of immorality, spirit of drunkenness, spirits of adultery, spirits of insanity, spirits of divorce, div spirits of rape. 
He said it would fly and curse neighborhoods. But he said there were some neighborhoods that he couldn't use his power. There were some neighborhoods when he tried to uh, put uh, divorce and murder on them, he said something happened and he had no power whatsoever. He said when he flew over a neighborhood and there was a Christian in that neighborhood that was a praying Christian and there was praying for their neighborhood, praying for their city, praying for their, their country, he said he could not exert any power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said the Christians that prayed for their neighborhoods, their neighborhoods were blessed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus, and his powers were useless. And I wonder, family, how many of us are taking back what the devil has stolen? How many of us are saying, I'm leaving my neighborhood, it's too much crime? Woohoo. But who's in charge? Who's in charge? Because everything happens in the spiritual realm before it's manifested in the natural realm. So that's why we're taking back everything the devil has stolen from us. And that includes our neighborhoods. They're coming back in Jesus' name. The devil is bound over our neighborhoods. The devil is bound over our schools. The devil is bound over South Africa. The devil is bound over our regions. The devil is bound because we say so. We use our authority and we say, devil, this far and no more, you will not have my neighborhood. You'll not have my children. You'll not have my region. And you'll You'll not have South Africa. You'll not have America. You'll not have Cape Town. Wherever I am, you have to bow in Jesus' name. Give the Lord praise in the house. Hallelujah. San Antonio, devil is out of bounds. Cape Town, devil is out of bounds. South Africa, the devil is out of bounds. USA. The devil is out of bounds in Jesus' name. Family, we are the ones that should rule and reign in this life. John met a girl that he fell in love with. The only problem was that her parents were strong Christians. And so they would talk, go to dinner, talk about Jesus, and then she would say, you have to come to church. He thought, you know, Christians, he said he found Christians amazing, uh, but harmless. Isn't that sad? He found us amazing but harmless. He said we, love, have, we have different greetings like we love to hug and we love to say hallelujah and I love you. But he said they had no power. He said he went to the, the church just to please his girlfriend, but straight off the church, because it ends early, you know, we don't like to keep late because then people don't want to stay. So, you know, they watch their clock. And then as soon as the pastor's just doing the altar call, when, he, when no one's looking, they want to duck out. Do you remember that? It, was, it just happens that way sometimes in some churches. Of course not. Yeah, everyone is so uh, respectful in all our CFC churches right San Antonio. We don't get up and go out. No, nor do we in Cape Town, nor in Johannesburg. We're so good. But anyway, so then after their church, he would go to Devil Worship Church because it's going to be all night long. He's going to be trained. And so he said, one day he went to church and the pastor did an altar call. 
He said the strangest thing happened. He went down, down to, the, to the altar call, but he said then, of course, the demons manifested. Instead of getting saved, he wanted to kill the pastor. So he just grabbed the pastor by the throat and started throttling him. But the big men in the church, you know, the security ones, you know, you know how it goes, the big security guys. They came around and, and they wanted to get rescue their pastor. But he threw them like ragdolls all over the place. Until the church of, 20, of 200 stood up, started worshiping the Lord and praying and saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. As soon as they uttered the name of Jesus, all devils left him. All devils left him. So now he became complex. Now he was, he was confused. He didn't know what to do. He, he saw the power of God, and, and he, he didn't know what to do. He was devoted to the devil. Uh, one of the, the men in the church told him, he said, Jesus loves you, John. And he thought, how could Jesus love me? I, I've cursed so many of his people. I've cursed their churches. I've cursed their neighborhoods. I've cursed them. People have died because I've cursed them with death. And he said, how could Jesus love me? And so he, he got, was starting to get complex because he already had made a commitment to the dark side. But in his mind, he was so far gone that he was emotionally and spiritually drained so he thought, the only way out is I've got to commit suicide because I'm so tormented. And then one night he just cried out and he said, God, I don't know you and I don't love you. I hate you. He said, I'm committed to the devil. He's my father till the day I die. But if you're real, if you're stronger than the devil, show me yourself tonight or leave me alone. Well, that night, he went to sleep, and he dreamt he was on a subway, a fast-moving train filled with people, and he knew he was going to a place, but it wasn't a good place. There was an elegantly dressed lady on the train, and she spoke to him in a demonic tongue, and she said to him, you are a traitor. You are going to leave us. The train doors opened, and he was found himself in hell, and he was enveloped with a fear, a fear that, he, that gripped his heart, and he knew that he would never get out of there. There was no hope of ever getting out of hell. As he walked down the tunnel, here comes the devil himself, bigger and larger than he'd ever seen him before, and the devil said, John, I've been with you since you were nine years of age. I've been a father to you. I've given everything that you've ever asked for. He said, but I'm going to keep you here because you belong to me and you're not going to leave me because you know too many secrets about our religion. So Satan suddenly lunged at him, but suddenly out of nowhere, a three-foot cross appeared. And John grabbed the cross and he lifted it up and Satan fell like a baby with no power in front of the cross, in hell. John knew that he was a changed man. And he woke up, and he knew that Jesus was stronger and bigger, and he wanted to follow Jesus somehow. He knew Jesus was Lord. So the first thing he did, family, was he threw away all his fetishes, all his witchcraft paraphernalia in his house. He threw it away. But the battle wasn't over yet. He came under heavy attack. For the next uh, month, 
demons would come to him at night, try and rip out his soul. And all he did was he cried the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. And when he did that, the demons would leave. And he said to the Lord, why? Why did you wait for a whole month until I was completely free? And you know what the Lord said to him? He said, I wanted to know if you really trusted me and if you loved me. And so he did, and within a month, all the demons left. Now, you know, recently, um, my husband uh, preached a series on the operation of demons and evil spirits. Now, in Cape Town, if you don't, uh, you haven't got that, you can look at on online, you can watch it. In San Antonio, you know, we, well, we do this once a month, we preach about it once a month, and of course, Johannesburg too. Yes, Johannesburg as well. But do you remember the story that Apostle Theo told about Dr. Andre, when Dr. Andre was given an African mask as a gift, and he took it home, and then his wife and his daughters got sick. How many of you remember that story that Apostle Theo told? But when Dr. Andre realized that it was the source of the sickness was this mask that he was given, he destroyed it, and then his wife and children, they fully recovered. But just recently, my husband, you know, if you know him, he really is, he was born in Durban. Hey, John and Joy, born in Durban. So he loves, and you know how he loves Hawaii. Hey, San Antonio, he loves to go to Hawaii once a year because he likes the beach. He likes the palm trees. He actually is a beach boy at heart. That is Apostle Theo. You wouldn't think so. He looks so beautiful, so handsome, so chic. <laughs> in his beautiful suit, and he's so handsome, and I'm more in love with him now than I did when I married him nearly 45 years ago. But when he's at home and he wants to pray and study, if he's not going to the office, then he likes to uh, put on just casual T-shirts. Well, in America, there's a shop called Tommy Bahama. Tommy Bahama is not a real person, but it's a shop we can buy clothing, but it's all casual clothing, T-shirts and shorts and super casual, and he loves Tommy Bahama. In fact, the girls always give him a gift card for his birthday so he can go and buy shirts. But he, they also sell T-shirts. But recently... My husband went to put on his Tommy Bahama t-shirt, and he noticed two totem poles on the back of his t-shirt. And he got someone to do some research about these totem poles, and they discovered that they are intended to represent deities or ancestors, each of whom have different history and powers. Kiki Kane is the almighty God who created the earth and the universe, and Titki... Tiki, <laughs> sorry, is somebody coo? I mean, it's the God of War. And then Apostle Theo, he took all his brand new t-shirts and he just threw them away. And he said, I'm not going to allow, I put anything on my body that represents any kind of deity or false God because there's only one God that I serve and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. But the point I want to say, family, is if you've got anything in your house, any masks, now don't get spooky spiritual because that can like also go on the other. Try and stay in the middle. <laughs> hey, babe. Sorry, love. Show the picture. Where's my picture? The T-shirt. Uh, um, there you go. See, that was Pastor Theo's real T-shirt. 
Uh, you want to come and be in part of my message? Come along. <laughs> yes, those are the two totem poles where he's uh, pointing. There they are, lovey, in the big. Over, babe, over there. <laughs> See? So then we threw them away because we cannot wear demonic symbols on our clothing. And sometimes they are hidden in plain sight. So we've got to be careful. But so going back to John, he says one thing that baffles him um, so much is how impotent the church of Jesus Christ has become in the face of evil. He said he trained for 25 years in the occult and he was trained to be a general, a force to be reckoned with in the spirit world. And his assignment was to dismantle and destroy anything that threatened the kingdom of darkness. But what is our assignment? Our assignment should be to destroy everything that comes against the kingdom of God and God's people. And it saddens him that as a follower now of Jesus Christ, that the church has neglected its calling to be armed and dangerous. In his travels around the world, he said he sees the church of Jesus Christ lying, bleeding on the battlefield. They have setbacks, broken homes, sickness, lukewarmness. They're taking a pounding from the kingdom of darkness. But things are changing right today. This conference, we're not taking a pounding. We're pounding the devil, and we're resisting him in Jesus' name. And the tide is changing. We are shifting, and the devil will be under our feet where he belongs in Jesus' name. But you know, family, we cannot afford to be lukewarm. Apostle Thea and I were in Dallas uh, just last week or the week before, and we sat next to a couple who were waiting for their plane. And this pla the couple, younger than us, retired already, and they said, no, they do uh, golf five times a, a week. They play golf five times a week. But now, because of COVID, uh, they've got lazy and they watch church online. So I didn't say anything about being a pastor, but I'm so glad they said that. So I said, oh, why do you watch online? So they said, you know, even if we go to church, our pastor's on the big screen. So I said, but why don't you go to church? They said, honestly, we've just got lazy since COVID. So I said, let me explain something to you. When you go to church, you don't go to church for yourself. You go to church to serve. You go to church to hear the word. It doesn't matter if it's on the big screen. And you go there to encourage one another. So you go to serve. You go to encourage one another. You go to hear the word of God. And you go to worship. And I said, you've got to not be lazy. If you can go to golf and you, don't, you haven't got out the habit of going to golf five times a week, you've got to get back in the habit of going to church once a week. Right? In 1999, John signed a vow that reads, I'm doing life with Jesus and I want no parole. I'm in it to win it and I'm in it for life. Family, Jesus has given us everything that we need to be victorious against every scheme of the enemy. When 
Jesus told Peter that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. It was settled. Matthew 16, 18 says, And I tell you that are you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, say whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I believe God is waking up the church. I believe this conference, we are getting shaken, shaken. We're going to get shaken. We're going to get awakened. We're going to rise up. We're going to take our authority. We're going to push back the kingdom of darkness and put up our shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the wicked one in Jesus' name. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're not going to be lazy. We're not going to be lazy. Lazy Christians are casual Christians. Victorious Christians are Christians who know how to speak the word, stand on the word, believe the word. My gosh, people say to us all the time, oh, I wish I had a husband like you. I wish that I had so much like you. Well, you know what? Come and live with me. Come. Come. Because my husband is praying for hours and hours, and when you want to spend time with your husband, he's still praying for you. No, you don't want to be uh, in our shoes. Because we carry a weight that is forever with us. People, when Apostle Theo says we go on holiday, I say, that's the biggest joke in the whole world. We don't go on holiday anyway. We might have a change of scenery. Instead of looking at our, our church, we're looking at the beach, but we're still praying. We're still reading. We're still studying. We're still taking a dominion. We are not resting. We're not allowing the devil to take one bit of our land. He's not coming against our sheep in Jesus' name. I bind him in the name of Jesus. He looses our people in the name of Jesus. He will not touch you in the name of Jesus. And if he gets in, I get mad. I said, Apostle Thea, how can he get in? I prayed. I told him he's not allowed to touch your people. Then uh, maybe they didn't tithe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm a huge tither because I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned if I stand before God, he asks me, why did you rob me? I, I don't want him to say, because robbers, I don't know if they make it to heaven. Just think about it. So I'd rather pay my tax, my 10% tax. It's better than all our other taxes. Right? Our politicians should learn from the Lord. 10%. Don't you think? I mean, if God charges us 10%, why does everyone else charge us more? But I believe the Lord is waking us up. So we can take authority on the earth. We've been given the assurance family. The outcome has already been decided. The victory is ours in Jesus' name. So tonight I'm going to say, suit up, soldier. Suit up, soldier. Suit up, soldier. I don't mind if you're a man or woman and don't tell me you're this and that. There's only men and women. There's not any blends here in the name of Jesus. We're not blended. And we're not confused. 
we are not confused. We are not blended. We are either a male or a female, but we're one in Christ Jesus. So I say to you, army of Christ, we're going to suit up. We're going to put our armor on. We're going to put up the shield of faith. We're going to take back what's ours. That is our government. That is our schools. That is our children. We're going to use our authority. We're not going to be lazy. We're not going to be lukewarm. We're going to be on fire for Jesus, and we are going to make a difference in this world. We're going to make a difference in this world. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to make a difference. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, for the power of God on your people. I thank you, Lord, for shaking us. I thank you for waking us up. I thank you, Lord, we are a new remnant. We are coming. We're not going to be lukewarm. We're going to have the fire of God burning in our bellies. We're not going to be, we're going to bold. We're going to be courageous. We're going to accomplish everything that Jesus has for us in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are going to push back. We're going to push back. Push back the, the forces of darkness. We're not going to put up with it. Hey, listen, you don't have to move. The devil's going to get out of your neighborhood. You don't have to move. The devil must get out of your neighborhood. Tommy, kick him out. You're going to kick him out. going to kick him out. <laughs> we kick him out. We don't kick him out with our feet or our gats. We come out with the words out of our mouth. Right. Some people say, you know, why did the Lord even make the devil? Well, the truth of the matter is he was uh, in heaven. He was a worship leader. But then what happened? He said, the Bible tells us that his heart became proud because of his beauty. He corrupted his wisdom because of his splendor. So God said, I threw you to the earth. Now, Isaiah 14, 12 says, how you are fallen from heaven. Family, he's fallen. He has no power. If you don't give him, he's got no power. He's fallen. Oh, Desar, son of dawn, how you cut to the ground, you laid the nation's bed. You said in your heart, I will ascend. I will ascend. Pride above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will, I will, I will. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches. I will ascend myself in the heights. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. So God threw him to the earth. And from that moment on, when he was dethroned, when he had no more authority in heaven, when he had no more uh, hierarchy as an angel, he was thrown down. You know what he decided to do? He said, I hate God, but the, uh, how can I get back at God? The only way I can get back at God is if I go after his children. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, destroy. Who? God's people. But we can't be ignorant of the word of God, we have to realize that the enemy is Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He has come to steal our jobs. He has come to steal our health and our finances and our marriage and, and, and our peace. But don't despair because help is on the way. Glory to God. The greatest event in world history happened at Calvary when Jesus, the Son of God, he died for the sins of the world. But more things happened on the cross than most people know. As Jesus hung on the cross, great things be began to happen in the realm of the Spirit. He was God's 
sacrificial lamb for man's redemption from Satan, he carried our sins, but he also carried the world's diseases. He carried pains. He carried afflictions. He carried heartache, loneliness. He carried suicide. He carried everything. Every evil thing that was in the world was laid on him. So when Jesus cried out in John 19, 30, it is finished. He finished our battle against every evil work of the enemy. Then Jesus went to hell, family, in our place. He suffered our punishment. It was in hell that Jesus cemented our victory and sealed the devil's defeat. Jesus took the keys of hell, death, and the grave, and he rose triumphantly. Glory to God. Colossians 2.15 says, and having disarmed, say disarmed. The devil is disarmed disarm family he's got no power if we don't give it to him and having disarmed the powers and authority he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross apostle theo he always taught us about that and about the conquered soldiers how they stripped of their clothing as well as their, their their weapons as a symbolized defeat like the roman general leading his captors through the streets of the city for all the citizens to see as evidence of complete victory christ has triumphed over Satan and demons and Satan is defeated and family he's under our feet glory to God shout hallelujah Cape Town shout hallelujah San Antonio shout hallelujah Johannesburg Satan is under our feet glory to God hallelujah hallelujah if he's under our feet then we can we have got all power Jesus has all power. When we got born again, all that power of the kingdom of God became ours. Now we are in God's kingdom. Now because we're in God's kingdom, we are more than conquerors. We are not meant for failure. We are not meant for defeat. We are meant for great victories in Jesus' name. And there's no battle, no fierce battle that is too hard for Jesus to sort out. And family, but then why, why are the multitudes of Christians being held hostage by the devil? John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the the devil. So to get people free from demonic, demonic oppression, we must understand the work of the enemy. And the primary attack, it starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. He starts telling you, You're never going to be successful. You'll never fall pregnant. You'll never get a job. You'll never pay your house off. You've been brought brought up in a poor neighborhood. Your parents are poor. You're an orphan. You've got nothing. You've got no intelligence. He talks, he talks, he talks. He sits like a little devil on your shoulder and chip, 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 chip. And the thing is that the lukewarm Christians just listen. Yeah, 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 I suppose so. No, I agree. Yeah, I'm not getting anywhere. No one wants to marry me. I guess I'll be a spinster. It's true. I'll be like my dad. I better go and get a drink quick because he was an alcoholic. I mean, that's, but Christians, Christians, we listen to the trash. We listen to his nonsense and his lies. And the only way we can ever get out of that round and round and round in our head 
is to know the Word and to speak the Word and to renew our mind. That's the only way. Otherwise, He's going to manipulate us. If He can get in our head, He's going to manipulate us. But the only way we can get out of that is by the transforming of our and renewing of our mind. So that's why the Bible says, Colossians 3.16, Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Apostle Theo says, meditate in the Word. He's not just saying it to, to just say something. He says, meditate. It's for a reason. It's for a reason. Because if we meditate in the Word, then those lies, well, suddenly they will go. Because now we'll start, hey, wait a minute, devil. I am successful, actually. And actually, I will find the best job there is. It doesn't matter. And guess what, uh, devil? I'm going to find the right person to marry. And guess what, devil? I'm going to walk in divine healing. And guess what? It doesn't matter about my parents. And it doesn't matter about my background. It doesn't matter where I was born. It's got nothing to do with it. I'm a child of the living God now. And I will be successful. And I'm not listening to you anymore. But family, we have to speak it out of our mouths. We must stop listening to the devil. We must speak to our body. We must speak to our emotions. I'm tired of hearing women tell me, I'm a mess. Why? I'm an emotional me mess. You know, I'm not a counselor. Don't come to me. I'll give you someone else. Because I will sit with you three times. But the fourth time, if you haven't done the word, you're, you're taking space. You're taking up my space and, you, and you're draining me. Emotionally, I can't, I can't deal with you anymore. No. You're taking up space. You know, if I've got to do the word and you don't want to do the word, listen here, quick nails, thank you, Jesus. Uh, quick hair, thank you, Jesus. Quick makeup, thank you, Jesus. We want every, quick, instant everything. You know, even quick weight loss is good, but then if you don't stick to the weight, you're going to go back. It's... You know, you want to be thin. You do it like for three months, you get thin, but then you go back and you go back. Why am I fat? Stop eating the donuts. <laughs> it's true. And I'm not picking on anyone. I'm not, I'm not. You know, if you want to be large and lovely, help yourself. <laughs> I mean... You know, my husband wants me a certain weight. He even, he even tells me, if I tell him, hey, guess what, I'm this much, he'll say you're one pound over. <laughs> I won't throw him under the bus completely, but, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever works for you and your husband, it is okay. <laughs> Some people like a fuller figure because they like more to love. I don't know. <laughs> I better stick to my notes. But, <laughs> but whoever controls a person's mind controls a person's health and emotions. If the enemy repeatedly tells us we are not worthy and we don't resist those thoughts, we will always be unworthy. But if, we, if, if the devil says you're unworthy, we have to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, you're this and you're that? No. I'm born of the Spirit of God. I'm bold. I'm courageous. I'm clever. God is on my side. He's leading me. He's guiding me. He's ordering my steps. I am wealthy. I am a tither. 
I'm, I've got seed to sow. I can help the welfare. I'm, and you speak out. You speak it out. We've got to speak it out. And then if we do, and we boldly speak it out, then we'll start walking in the realm of signs and wonders for our lives. Because our victory in every battle is tied to our mouth. Our victory in every battle is tied to our mouths. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Then you resist the devil and he flees. Don't be a casual Christian and try and resist the devil. It's better to be a committed Christian and live the abundant life, knowing you have authority. Satan will only flee if we resist him. But remember, we have all power. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we've got to understand, family, that we are the head and not the tail. We are power containers. We come from Almighty God, omnipotent God. We are the power line on the earth. We have God's power and authority inside of us. Now it is up to us, church, to stand and start exercising the authority that has already been given to us. And so the way we speak, because 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says, we have the same spirit of faith according to as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. That's the way we win, we speak. So it's time that we speak up. And so I'll tell you what we're going to do. San Antonio, won't you please stand? Cape Town, won't you please stand? Joburg, let's stand. We're going to start being strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And we're going to start decreeing and declaring what we want. So we're going to say this. Say this. I decree and declare I cannot fail. I decree and declare I turn back every negative arrow that is against me. I send them back into the enemy's camp. In Jesus' name, I decree and declare I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I decree and declare I am triumphant in every season of my life. In Jesus' name, I decree and declare today, not tomorrow, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. In Jesus' name, say, I quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. I quench every fiery dart of the wicked one that comes against my family, comes against my finances, comes against my health, comes against my marriage in the name of Jesus. And I declare, I am victorious. I'm overcomer because greater is He that lives in me than he that is in the world. Give the Lord praise in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Wow, wasn't that amazing? That was amazing. Thank you, Jesus.
Well, if we don't have faith after that, I don't think we ever will have, right? Now, that was a good message because, as I said to the beginning of the celebration, some messages here will teach us how to use our weapons of our warfare, like the sword of spirit and the shield of faith. And other messages will motivate us to charge into battle. And some messages will teach us how to use our weapons and charge into battle. That was that one. How to use the weapon and charge into battle. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm excited, but it's getting a little late now, so I'm just going to close the meeting the altar call. And then remember tomorrow, starting at 2 o'clock with praise and worship, who are the speakers tomorrow? Thank you, Dr. Johnny. All right, and then Wednesday, Apostle Haruna. I can't wait. Oh, my, that's going to be amazing. James Arikian from Mauritius. And John Torrance from Durban Christian Center. And then yours truly. Now, I'll be taking the 4 o'clock session, and then I'll also be speaking in the evening. Now, my evening message is extremely powerful, faith-building, educational. It is training you and equipping you for every battle. Don't miss it. You will feel worthy of God's blessing. Say that I will feel worthy of God's blessing because of Him. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll be out there signing books, autographing books right after the meeting tonight. Thank you. Every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. I only would say, Apostle Theo, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. I just don't know where I'm going when I die. I hope to go to heaven. Can you help me? Praise God, I can. So if you want to be sure that you're going to heaven one day, if you want to be sure your sins are forgiven, if you want to be sure that everything's fine with you and God and that He's your Father and you're His child, if you want all those assurances in your heart tonight, you can have it. God wants to give that assurance to you right now, if you want it. And if you invite Him to speak to you and give it to you, He will, right now. The way to invite Him and let Him know that you want that is to slip up your hand when I count to three. And if you'll do that, when I pray a little prayer, God's going to give that assurance to you because you slipped your hand up. You see, God's not going to force His way into our life without invitation because He's given us a free will, all right? So use your free will. Show God you invite Him to speak to you by slipping up your hand, and He will. You'll go home with the assurance, I'm God's child. Thank God I'm saved. Are you ready for that? When I count to three, slip that hand up. All right, one, two, three. There you go. Thank you. I see those hands all over. Hands are raised. Keep them up in the air right now. Now keep your hands up because workers are coming to put their hands on your shoulders to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray this little prayer. All right, so keep those hands up. Wave them at me. 
All of you that have your hands up, wave at me. This is important. Very important. Very important. Keep waving that hand at me. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about life and death. We're talking about being in heaven or being in hell. Put that hand up. Jesus was bold enough and loved you enough to go on the cross totally naked to show us how much He loved us. The least we can do is put our hand up to show Him we want to respond to that love, right? Thank you. See those hands. All right, workers, have you found those folks? All right. I invite everybody to say this little prayer with me, especially you that have your hands raised. All of you out there have got your hands raised. Say a little prayer from the heart. From your heart, say this prayer. Everybody join them so they feel comfortable when they say it, right? You ready? One, two, three. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished Jesus. You punished Jesus for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my punishment. I accept you to be my Savior. Come live in my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are the Lord of my life. I will live for you with all of my heart till I see you on that wonderful day face to face. Thank you for saving me. Praise God. You are my Father, God. I'm your child. I'm bound for heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Praise God. Give him glory. Praise God. Now. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.